Hey guys, welcome to the CGM Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kurt Phelous, and joined today uh, with me is Michael Gossett, Dr. Pastor. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm do- especially great because uh, so far, mm-hmm. uh, it's a good day in Georgia sports. Oh my gosh. Right, because we're celebrating uh, the Georgia Bulldogs going 7-0. and Hey, number one team in the country. Only this week. Who knows what will happen this week, you know? Uh, well, every team is always one week away from humility. Sure, sure. Every team. But <clears throat> also, I mean, you're wearing the jersey. Well, I, I had to wear it today. I mean, we're coming off of um, the NLCS is going on right now, if yeah. you didn't know. Up to and, Yeah, the Braves are up 2-0 on two walk-off wins. Exciting baseball. You know, some people would say that baseball, like, why watch it? And <laughs> like, my wife would say that. Many coworkers <laughs> would say that. My wife included just kind of glances of like, what are we doing here? Yeah, um, that's exactly what Katie does. But it is so exciting. Man, it, so the past two games, like that's what baseball is all about. It's October. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. a part of Braves country, it's Jocktober uh, right now. On. All right, come with on. Jock Peterson. Uh, but just a fun time. I can't believe October is already here, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun uh, fall up mm-hmm. to this point, mm-hmm. and uh, we we are just continuing to gear up with not just baseball, but everything going on here at Green Acres. It's been a fun season, uh, but specifically, I, I've enjoyed this conversation about um, really the the fallacy of religious belief mm-hmm. or religious um, understanding, yeah. right? And that's exactly what we're talking about: is why religion doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so bring us up to this point. So in our first episode, we just tried to lay a foundation for everybody, and uh, we looked at a couple different things, um, but really this conversation started out of the fact that you know we are seeing an increase in, in people that are claiming atheism, right. agnosticism, uh, people who are just walking away from the church. And so um, as we dig into that, you know, why... Does that happen? What yeah. What are some some core principles there? And, and as we established last week, one one of the things um, that's led to that is this idea of, of religion um, over a relationship. And, yeah. and so, um, as we get into today, um, you know, we want to reestablish that definition of what we're talking about, but um, look e- even a little more intently at a specific aspect of this part, and it's um, that people focus more on fear instead yeah. of faith. Right. And, um, and so going back to last week in the definition, um, of what religion is. And hey, I pulled this. This isn't, you know, Kurt's definition. Hey, this is official. This is Miriam Webster. So, oh, okay. Very good. Um, it's a personal set, um, or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. That's what religion, um, uh, based on a worldly context would say. Right. And, right. um, it, well, and, and this is one, one of the things that it's, driving so much fear right now Mm -hmm. is we live in a culture, we live in a time today that is anti-institution, okay? Uh, We don't believe in the institutions uh, in our nation. We don't believe in the institutions of the world. There's this fear that is based on a lack of trust, Mm -hmm. uh, and we see that being played out in the church. Um, But, you know, I want to kind of talk through that some because uh, there are many who believe that uh, the church is an institution. Now, uh, yes, uh, to a degree, 
institutionally, we can understand uh, the church in some of those terms. But in Scripture, we, we don't see the church as an institution as much as we see as an organism. Um, and, and this is what I mean by that, is an institution is not living or active, right? Um, but an organism is. And so when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and when you look at what Paul is saying specifically about the design of the church at large, it, it's, it's not really, it's not going into this understanding of religious value or religious system or this, um, this you know, unconcerned dead system of beliefs, mm-hmm. but rather it is a living organism. That's why, that's why Paul talks about uh, the church as a body. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's movement in the body. There is life in the physical body. There are different parts to uh, the body. And this is the way that Paul describes the church um, as that organism that is living, breathing, that is active uh, in First Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah, yeah that's so good. And, and, and I think that's a part of what's so unique about the Christian faith. Right. Um, and, and again, to reestablish what we said last week, um, that the Christian faith hinges more on a relationship than a set of religious practices. Right. Right. Um, and religion with the absence of that relationship, you know, I truly think is the foundation of the failings that we see in religion, right? Uh, many stories, if we were to talk to people who, um, you know, what we already established classify as an atheist, agnostic, or, or have just simply said, hey, I don't want anything to do with the Christian church, um, many of their uh, reasoning for yeah. that has roots in that they miss the relationship aspect with Jesus. Right. You and, know? and isn't this what Jesus is constantly fighting against with the Pharisees and with the Sadducees, uh, even with, um, you know, the Essenes? We, we see Jesus uh, debunking uh, their, their value system of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love this uh, because the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus gets to, you know, Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter mm-hmm. 7, it's Jesus um, really turning everything that is known of that day or what is understood of that day. He's turning it uh, on its head uh, and he's giving a new way of life. He's giving this new way of understanding how to apply what Christianity really is about. Um, he's given a new understanding to uh, the disciples and the religious leaders of the day and the crowds. You know, those are kind of the three audiences there mm-hmm. with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, but he's given them this new system. And he's basically, he's saying, listen, it is not about what you can do in terms of religious means, mm-hmm. but rather it is about relational means with Jesus himself. Yeah. You know, I love that moment when Jesus gets um, um, with the woman at the well, and he sees her there. He goes there. He goes through there on purpose, just so he can have this interaction with this uh, woman at the well. And the woman at the well is questioning, and she's saying, look, um, we can't go and worship here. We can't do this. We can't, okay, because she was in a religious prison. Uh, but what Jesus was saying is he's come to give religious freedom. Yeah. He's come to give freedom in his relationship with himself. And Jesus tells the woman, if, if you would just drink of me, he said, you will never thirst again. 
Like there will never be a moment in your life where you are spiritually thirsty. Religion cannot solve that problem. Religion continues on the path of tension of where you you can't find satisfaction. Mm -hmm. You can't um, find uh, the, the quench of your thirst. You can't satisfy that hunger that you have because it's not found in religion. It's found in that relationship only with Jesus himself. That's good. And what you're referencing there, I just want to do a quick plug, is um, your sermon series right now that we're going through here at Green Acres, The Upside Down Life. You're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, yeah. And within there, Matthew 5. Um, I mean, we're touching on this every Sunday um, as a church, and I think it's so refreshing to kind of refocus our mind. Because I think it, um, sometimes we can find ourselves as Christians, people who've been in the church for years, um, almost in a rut of religious tradition. Right. And we, not that it... It doesn't. Religion isn't necessarily a bad thing, and I want to make sure we don't go too far. Hey, negative, negative, negative. Here, what the the practices that we see um, to live out our Christian faith? These there it produces some good things in us, right? right? Like we should um, be part of a structure. What the church is. You talk, you well, know? that's that's exactly right, and mm-hmm. and you can't. This is not a. Um, basically a charge to write off religious activity because um, that's also what Jesus did not do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead, begin with where Jesus began. Uh, you know, you referenced uh, this, you know, with the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. That's where we are as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the first four Beatitudes, it is all about inward change. Yep. You know, being poor in spirit, mourning over your sin, um, being humble before the Lord, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm-hmm. These are all internal dwellings that only God himself can change. Mm-hmm. And then he turns his attention uh, to you know, this external manifestation of what the Beatitudes look out, look like uh, horizontally, right? And how it touches others. Uh, but this is what Jesus told the Pharisees. He said, listen, the, the outside of your cup is clean, but the inside of your cup is completely dirty. It, that, that's what Jesus is talking about. It's not that your religious activity or your yearning in that way is evil. It's it's, however, it is a concern and it doesn't work. It leads to emptiness if you begin with your religious activity without the relationship yeah. with Jesus. And, you know, spiritual disciplines are a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, spiritual disciplines are the route in which we grow in our likeness to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by spiritual disciplines is our prayer life, mm-hmm. um, our uh, Bible reading, you know, of intaking God's word, uh, journaling, um, isolation, even, you know, these moments of meditation and a way in where we are completely focused on the Lord, uh, just in our personal prayer time, our personal worship time. These are spiritual disciplines that are necessary and, and they are required uh, in order for us to grow. But that is not the starting point. And that's why when we start there, when we start with disciplines, we end up being empty handed. We end up still feeling this dissatisfaction within us because you can only begin with a relationship with Jesus in order to, to really find those things that we're talking about. Well, and, you know, I think about, you're talking about the, the need for the, the inward part to be right first. So think right. about like, hey, you know, someone, you have a conversation with someone like, yeah, you know, I just, I really want to jump all in, in and follow Jesus. And, you know, what do I got to do? And they're like, hey, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go after reading my Bible. 
But if they don't have a passion for Jesus, if the heart change hasn't happened, yeah. they're just going to start reading text, reading text, and then it's going to be, they're going to do it for the wrong reason, but it's, it's harder to accomplish that. Right, well, you, you, you it, can't. You can't, right? And it goes back, right? Remember um, the the story of the um, the rich man who came to Jesus, yeah. and said, "Hey, you know, I, I've followed the commandments. I've done this. I've done that." And started lift, listing off almost like um, a religious checklist of things he's done. Yeah, and, and Jesus spoke straight to his heart that needed to change. Hey, drop everything and just follow me. Yes, and um, and Jesus, that that's what happens when Jesus speaks. It penetrates through everything, yeah, and it and it cuts uh, mm-hmm. to the depth of our heart in such a way that um, it, it allows our heart to be changed. Mm-hmm. In order for those other things to even be relevant in our lives, sure. uh, Jesus gets to the root matter, which is that our heart needs to be transformed. Ezekiel tells us that our heart, with the Lord Himself, only God, mm-hmm. that He can take our heart of stone. And turn it into a heart of flesh, meaning this heart that is soft, because only a soft heart can be penetrated by God Himself. Yeah, that's good. You know, Michael, as we prepared, I listed a couple things, um, both good and bad, um, that religious practice can bring about. And you named some of them already. A few others, um, right? Some of these habits and, and uh, disciplines that you mentioned, I mean, they provide good uh, physical and mental habits for us, right? Like yeah. if, um, you know, talk about meditation, clearing your heart and mind, laying things up to God and not carrying stress and worry and those things, that's good for you, right? Um, getting out, serving others, caring for right. others, right? Whereas we're called to, as Christians, to, to care for the people around us, seeing the needs around us. Um, those are good things for us to to be a part of. Uh, but when we, again, miss the internal part, when we miss the, the reason we do things, that allows for some of the bad things um, to start to dwell up. And, and kind of the, the topic today that fear takes the place of faith, right? right? When we start to think, hey, I, I'm going to disappoint God if I can't do this. Right. Hey, I'm going um, to not be good enough for God. And we, you know, be getting this checklist of, hey, my works matter more than my faith in Jesus. You know, fear, in even this is, even after you've given your life to Jesus, mm-hmm. so say that you are saved, but we, we still sometimes live in this understanding of disappointing our Heavenly Father, sure. right? And um, we, we think to ourselves, well, if I mess up here, then man, the Lord is done with me. God is mm-hmm. uh, disappointed in me. Um, you know, I love this this part in in Psalm chapter 103. Um, that he says that he casts our sin as far as the east is from mm. the west. Now, if you think the the, the term here um, of casting it as far as the east is from the west, if you think about two linear lines, okay, is that the right word? Linear? linear. Is that is that a real? Lo- I think well, geometry is was never my okay. Anyways, no, no, no. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're gonna These move are, on yeah. because we're gonna just dig ourselves into a grave we are here smart guys. With, with geometry. <laughs> uh, but if you think about two uh, radial lines, is it radius? I think linear no, was no, right. linear. <laughs> <laughs> I have it right here, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not coming out. It's okay. uh, but it's it's lines that have a, a dot and then a. Arrows out. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So think about having two lines. Okay. So you have uh, you have yourself as one line, and then you have your your sin as the other line. Mm-hmm. When Jesus says, as far as the east is from the west, mm-hmm. what he is saying is that that sin will never intersect with you again. Mm-hmm. 
that there, there is no intersection of sin because in between these lines, God has created, when he says that I've casted your sin as far as the east is from the west, Jesus himself has served as a chasm between that sin and yourself, that they will never intersect with one and each other again. That's what, that's what this really means is, is when we are talking through this, this fear over faith and we have this fear of disappointing God, when you come to the Lord, that's what he does with your sin. All right. For the unbeliever, uh, for someone who has never given their life to Jesus, when, when you come to the Lord and you give your life to Jesus, all of your past, all of your present, all of your future sin, what Jesus does for you is that he atones for your sin once and for all in a way that as far as the East is from the West for all eternity, that that sin will never intersect with you again. And in fact, he doesn't just take away your sin, but he clothes you with his righteousness in such a way that you have an inheritance from God himself, that everything that belongs to the Lord is given to you as a follower of Jesus. You, you see, this takes care of that fear. Mm-hmm. In, in my mind, when you, when you start here, that God removes that fear of disappointment, that fear of your past is too much. Like it's too much burden. There's too much baggage with you. There's no way that Jesus wants you. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, you, you cannot turn a page in scripture and believe that Jesus doesn't want you. Mm. He cares for you. He wants you. It doesn't matter if you are in the darkest place right now. Uh, Jesus sees exactly where you are and he died for you knowing exactly what you are going through. That really helps us remove some of this fear. Oh, no doubt. And the, one of our, our notes here, it says, when we miss out on a daily growing relationship with Jesus and live instead in this box of religious tradition and ritual, we open up ourselves to living lives dictated by fear. Yeah. We've got to have Jesus at the center of our daily decisions, the center of the reasoning behind why we come to church, why we worship, why we read our Bibles, why we do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And properly aligned is so key. But it's, it's that, that's exactly right, Kurt, because when, when you start with God's mercy and His grace and the way that He bestows that on you and has removed your sin from you, your sin debt. You see, that is where the Lord begins to draw you in Mm -hmm. to these disciplines. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where He draws you into, quote-unquote, religious activity uh, because you are yearning to serve the Lord that has saved you. And so you want to be in His Word. It, it, you want to, uh, you want to pray. You want to communicate and talk with the Father. You want to hear from Him. You want to be with God's people. That's uh, that's why church is so important. It's not um, to just gather around and and say, "All right, good, I did my deed for the day. I went to church this week." Uh, but rather, it's to uh, encourage one another in faith uh, to continue and to spur one another along in Christ likeness. You know. I- one of my favorite reads, and our comms team actually recently, they asked, hey, staff, can y'all provide um, some books that have meant a lot to you, some books you would suggest yeah. to other people? And one of the books I, I felt like, hey, I, I need to share this one. Um, it's an old one. It's not anything you know fresh and new, but A.W. To- Tozer, Knowledge of the Holy. Oh, yeah. And I just remember back as a, a young 20-something getting handed that book, I said, hey, you should read this. Yeah. And just diving in. <clears throat> and, um, 
And there's a quote that, that has always stuck out to me, um, and, and I've referenced it before in different teaching times I've done, but it says, a low view of God entertained almost universally among Christians is the cause of a hundred lesser evils everywhere among us. Wow. You can really break that down, and Tozer does. He, he goes into how um, an improper view of God leads to this sin or this, um, you know, hey, I'm not going to uh, follow this commandment. Right, And I think we can apply it here in, in this context, what we're talking about. If we don't have a high view of God, um, if we think, hey, God isn't big enough to, to handle this, so I need to take control of this situation. Right. Or um, if our love for God is not great enough to say, hey, he demands my worship, or hey, you know... I can just leave my personal time. You know, I can handle this situation on my own, God. You're just, I'm going to keep you over here and pull you out on Sunday or pull you out when it's convenient. Um, that is a source of, man, that that is a step one into the steps that lead into the fear taking over instead of a personal right. relationship with Christ. And so um, I, I think when we start thinking, hey, how do we solve this issue? Yeah, and we've we've said it, but it starts with the right view, right relationship with Jesus, and the right view of who God is and what He wants from us. Right. You know, you see that same thing in Isaiah chapter six. Mm-hmm. Um, in Isaiah chapter six, verses one through eight, you have Isaiah. He has this vision of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says uh, in verse one, it says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up." Yeah. And then he begins to describe everything that he saw. Uh, you know, the train of the robe, it filled the temple, mm-hmm. the threshold was shaking, all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. There's just that, that talk about and equates to the magnitude of God. Yeah. Um, and then it said, woe is me. Immediately when Isaiah has this view of the Lord, he says, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Mm-hmm. You see what happened with Isaiah is that he had this extravagant, um, high view of God, and immediately there is this right view of self. Mm-hmm. So when you have a right view of God, it is high. You have a right view of God. Mm-hmm. You have a right view of yourself. There is a gap right here. And what we see in the New Testament is that the cross of Jesus, Jesus, when you have this high view of God, this right view right view of self, only Jesus can fill that gap. You see, the greater, okay, if you have a a mediocre view of God, you have a misunderstanding of you, there's no room for Jesus to fill that gap. But when you have a right view of God, a right view of self, you have this gap that Jesus fills in your life and, and mediates on your behalf and brings you to himself. You know, that's, that's really what, Tozer is even talking about here is that you have to have this right view of God. You have to have a right view of yourself, but it's in light of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where Jesus steps in. Well, and uh, the picture you just painted here with the, the gap, that space there is the relationship with Jesus that is needed in a proper construct of and hey, it's, it's also in this gap where fear seems to exist. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to do these things to fill this gap. And so it drives us towards fear. Jesus saying, no, 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 no. A right view of God and a right view of self, it leaves all the room for me to fill this. Not fear, but this is what you fill with faith. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, kind of as we're wrapping towards a close here, as we prepared um, and put these notes together, and I found myself having to examine, hey, Kurt, why do you do this? 
Yeah. Why are you passionate about this? You know, or why do you care so much about this aspect of, um, of worship or of how the church operates or, or this or that? Right. And I had to examine my own heart in this. And, and I think that is a good um, just practice, right? Yeah. I, I think for people who've been in church, I've been in church essentially my whole life. I don't, I don't remember not being in church, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. mom and dad, hey, we're going, you're just born, let's go. Um, you know, That's exactly time, right. Right. And, and so there's things that I have grown up and said, hey, this is just, this is what we do. This is what, and, and so having to examine my heart, even now as 34 year old, someone who has been serving in ministry um, for 16, 15, 16 years now, um, this is important to say, hey, check yourself. Is yeah. is the is everything still properly aligned? Hey, is the reason I care so much about this that someone else was like, oh, that's just religious tradition? No, this is why it matters to me because yeah. of my relationship with Jesus, because right. of what Christ did for me on the cross. That's or right. am I doing it out of, you know, selfish, hey, this is just because I want it this way. You know, we we all have that tendency to uh, to want to hang on to religious tradition mm-hmm. rather than uh, a relational dependency on the Lord. We we all live in this tension. Yeah. Um, and the good thing is, is that God continues to grow all of us mm-hmm. uh, together in this because um, we Jesus brings us along at with different areas of our lives at different times. He uses different circumstances and all of these things. And, and here's what what we need to understand together mm-hmm. is that when you identify uh, or when I identify a religious tradition that is detached from scripture, mm-hmm. it is a moment for grace, not condemnation. Mm-hmm. That it's not our job to simply say uh, to Kurt, Kurt, you are only wearing this because this is what you have always worn. Okay, mm-hmm. listen, uh, that's, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to love one another even through the traditions, the rituals, in order to bring us along in unity toward Christ. Um, and that's what I think is most important as we move forward in this, um, is that we recognize um, the moments in our life, like you're doing. Mm-hmm. You see, what I love about that, Kurt, is that you had self-reflection. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a reflection of, okay, well, I'm seeing this with this group of people, mm-hmm. and so I need to address it. No, no, no. Let's start right here in my own heart. Michael, what are you doing that is uh, simply a ritual, mm-hmm. um, a religious ritual, rather than a relational pursuit of Jesus Christ? And that's where we need to begin. That's where we need to live in mm-hmm. and allow the Lord to shape us closer to Him and His likeness. That's good. And I wanted to share that just as a, hey, not to toot my own horn, but maybe a challenge for, for you, our viewers, our listeners. Hey, take some time. Reflect. Yeah. You know, why are you passionate about these that's Christian good. traditions that, that you do. Um, hey, Michael, I've loved our conversation today. Um, I love that I got to wear a Braves jersey on the I podcast do to celebrate. I and do um, I can't wait to do it again soon. Braves country. Absolutely. Hey, and if you're not following us on Instagram, at GABC underscore Tyler, make sure you're doing that. Check out our old podcast episodes on YouTube, Spot, uh, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, all those. Um, I can't wait to have our next conversation with you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode and joining in on our conversation. If you liked what you heard or you want to know more about Green Acres, go check out our website at GABC.org or follow us on Instagram at GABC underscore Tyler. Have a great day.